Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome in to Nuanez Now, your one stop shop for all things sports across the great state of Montana. Each and every weekday right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as maybe watching in on statewide television, SWX Montana. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanez, here from the ESPN Missoula studio at the Missoula Broadcasting Company, proudly locally owned and operated here in the great Garden City. Beautiful day outside. It feels like spring, and that means what? It's football season. Kind of. It's football season around the Big Sky Conference, but spring football is underway at the University of Montana as well. And it feels like finally, 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 at long last, we are back into the normal rhythm of a sports year. Riley and I will be headed into the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis later this week. There will be no nuanas now on Thursday, so remember that. We'll be playing all the great national content for you, though, as well. Our uh, ESPN national affiliate will have great breakdowns of the, uh, bit, the big dance, the NCAA tournament. And don't forget to go sign up for our NCAA tournament bracket challenge. We have it all over our social media, so you can go on Twitter at 1029ESPN or Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula, or you can go on our station website, or you can just go to ESPN.com, go to the uh, tournament challenge, and just search ESPN Missoula. That'll get you to our bracket challenge, proudly presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. We've got great list of prizes, including a grand prize worth over $500. You got $400 worth of cash, as well as more than $100 worth of gift cards from great places around the city of Missoula. So be sure to enter our ESPN Missoula bracket challenge. So no nuances now on Thursday. We will be coming to you live from Indianapolis on both Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. Give you all of the happenings around the big dance. A lot of Montana angles. And one of them we're going to talk to in the show today. Going to get things started talking about some spring football. Riley's got a unique perspective on this because he was calling a spring football game in Pocatello, Idaho, on behalf of our good buddy Larry Weir. So he actually got to see some Big Sky football live and in person. He'll also be headed down to Grizz practice tomorrow to check out the Grizz for the first time. So we'll talk a lot about the Grizz and the ins and outs, what we're looking for during this spring football period, which is actually going to be way more like a fall camp, about twice as many practices on the spring docket for the Grizzlies as normal because, remember, they do have those two games – April 10th and April 17th 
at Washington Grizzly Stadium versus Central Washington and Portland State, respectively. One of the many Montana angles at the NCAA tournament, Raleigh Wooster from right here in Missoula, a Missoula Hellgate product. He's a freshman at Utah State, the runner-up for freshman of the year in the Mountain West. He will join us at 4.30, so stay tuned for that. We also, uh, it's a Tuesday, so that means we have a Tagliari Tuesday. We have a $25 gift card for you. Two Tagliari delicatessen, the best sandwiches in the entire city of Missoula. We don't have a sandwich here today, but we will be back on the sandwich sampling train in no time. But Tagliari is also participating in our bracket challenge. So there's a couple Tagliari gift cards to be had for both the second and third place winners in the bracket challenge. We're also going to give you some more info on this beautiful painting. If you're watching on TV, you can see our Grizz Greats painting of Dave Dickinson, Don Reed, and Andy Larson, respectively. But uh, we will also, if, if you're not watching, if you're just listening in, it's an awesome deal. You can check out the pictures on all of our social media. I'll be sure to post them each and every day. But we're going to be giving away an awesome uh, a, a print of this, the one you see on the TV with the frame and everything from Frame of Mind. We'll be giving that away. But if you want to purchase one of these, you want to get it on a sweatshirt, a poster, any of that stuff, you can always go to rbagley3.com and make your purchase today. Top of the hour, big news for the Missoula Paddleheads today. They hired a new uh, director of player personnel, a, a consultant to help them assemble their roster as they navigate the first season as an independent minor, minor league baseball team. He's George Horton. He might be in the college uh, baseball hall of fame someday. He, he made it to multiple college world series, led Cal state Fullerton to the 2004 college world series title. And so he'll be helping assemble the Missoula Paddleheads roster. So we caught up with George earlier today. And then as we do each and every Tuesday, we will also have our treasure state stars where we highlight some of the best from around the state of Montana. Riley, what's going on, my man? How you doing? I'm doing great. It feels like we're back to living like normal people after that crazy week in Boise before we go out to Indianapolis. But this is going to be a fun show today because we have a lot of different areas to cover from the spring football angle to talking with Raleigh. I mean, how exciting is that going to be to, I mean, hey, the paddleheads, I mean, the weather's good outside. I think a lot of people, I actually drove across one of the bridges here in Missoula and saw someone on a stand-up paddleboard with their shirt off going upstream. I'm thinking, okay, it's getting to spring and summer in Missoula if we got guys doing that. So, If you're listening in, you already know 1029 ESPN. If you're watching in, you already know SWX Montana Television. If you want to listen on any of your mobile devices, your cell phone, your tablet, any of that stuff, just go to our station website. Don't worry, we got nuts and bolts falling all over the place. we got a microphone issue. Maybe we'll get Tommy in here and live in person because he hasn't been on the show in a while. I love, I love Jones and Tommy during live radio telling him we have equipment malfunctions. It makes his head want to explode. But regardless, if you want to listen in live, you can do that by visiting our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. You'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. I got to say, I misspoke yesterday. I teased this incorrectly. Each week, we feature the Coach's Corner with various coaches from around the state of Montana. Our guest on the Coach's Corner this week will be Jason Mackey from the Missoula Sentinel Boys. I had teased that it would be today at 530. It's actually not. It's going to be tomorrow at 530. So Missoula Sentinel Boys basketball coach Jason Mackey will be joining us as part of our Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner. But the stream also presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And if you want to give us a call or shoot us a text, it's easy. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. All you got to do is hit 406-361-3688. That's all you're going to have to do to win that Tagliari gift card here in about 45 minutes. So keep it dialed right here. Tunawana is now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. First things first, let's start with the actual live football game that took place. We kind of touched on it yesterday, but not so much. You did our buddy Larry Weir, the voice of the Eastern Washington Eagles, a solid. He got double booked because Eastern Washington was playing in Saturday's Big Sky Conference men's basketball tournament championship game. The football team, in the first scenario ever of its kind, had an overlapping uh, date in Pocatello, Idaho with Idaho State. So you got a chance to see the number 16 Eastern Washington Eagles versus the, uh, we'll call them the upstart Idaho State Bengals. And uh, you were on the call just to kind of help Larry out your thoughts on the Big Sky football action that you saw. Well, first off, it was great to be in an arena with fans. First off, there was almost 3,000 fans in Holt Arena. We know that it can get pretty loud in there. I mean, there were certain circumstances where I was like, okay, this kind of feels a little normal uh, to have football again. It was a bizarre feel, being it that it was in March and just everything like that. But um, just having football again 
was awesome to be around. And you could feel the intensity because these were two teams that were playing for their playoff lives, so to speak. We've talked about it a lot with this unique format. that The Big Sky is going to get probably two bids out of the eight teams that are playing the automatic qualifier, which everybody under the sun is thinking is going to be Weber State at 6-0, and which is probably a pretty safe bet. But then these two teams were competing for that next spot. I think Eastern Washington had a lot of pressure going in because they are assumed to be that next team. And they, with Montana, Montana State opting out, Sacramento State as well, this is kind of Eastern Washington's for the taking, so to speak to be that number two team well they dumped a game to Idaho already so they have to win out and you could sense the urgency first off from the eastern perspective I'll go there because Eric Barrier what Montana did to him last year and just some of the games I watch it's even more impressive because I saw what he was capable of on Saturday and the guy is a human highlight machine he was just named national player of the week 474 yards of offense they've got phenomenal skill position guys Eastern Washington does but to me walking away from that Coulter and yes Eastern Washington ended up winning 46 to 42 they were down by 11 in the fourth quarter for those that didn't follow along with the game story so it was an incredible comeback in 1100 yards 88 points it's a broadcaster's dream it was a great game for a spectator but my main takeaway from all of that was that I kind of felt that it was two programs that might have different trajectories right sure. now, and it might surprise you with who has the upward trajectory and who might not. Eastern Washington kind of has all, has all this pressure, right? And, and we think of Eastern as the team, the Bull Baldwin teams of the past, and they've kind of been on the cusp, and I'll let you speak to that too, where they've been on that breaking point of, okay, are they still going to stay in the upper echelon or they may be going to start trickling down in the middle of the pack. That's a byproduct of a couple of things where maybe just can't hold on for a while. The rest of the big sky is a lot better. But again, the number one takeaway of all of it, watch out for Idaho State. Rob Fantasy and that crew has gotten some talent in there. Jalen Henderson is this freshman receiver from Richmond, California that you wouldn't know about. I mean, he looked like an all-Big Sky guy. And the way Idaho State fought and Clyde, they, they outplayed Eastern in that game. And they should have won, quite frankly. Eastern made the plays late because they had the best player on the field in Eric Berrier. But my, my main thought was, man, watch out for Idaho State um, next year. And it goes to show you the difference, Coulter, and I think this can be kind of our talking point on this, is how each team is utilizing the spring. What are the goals from this spring? Because if you have a Weber State, you have an Eastern Washington, it's to win. It's to make that tournament field. But for the majority of the teams and for six out of the eight in the Big Sky Conference, it's more to put you in a spot for September. And the word developmental, right? We've talked about that a lot too. How many of these teams are using that as a springboard? And Idaho State falls into that category. Are they going to make the playoffs? No, but... With Tyler Vanderwall at quarterback and that receiving core that I watched, watch out for them. And it's going to be interesting to see just how the big sky, the hierarchy kind of shifts, which teams are going to benefit from the spring, which ones aren't. And I'm forecasting down the road. Let's just say Eastern Washington goes four and two and misses the playoffs with all of that talent back. And Idaho State goes two and four or three and three, but they have some momentum. I would ask the question, who, who's the spring season benefit more? Because to me, it would be Idaho State, and that wouldn't be the answer, I think, when we kind of saw the field of who would have been playing a month ago. So a lot of fascinating takeaways from all of that, Coulter. Nuana's now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuana's here, as he does each and every Monday and Tuesday. It's an interesting point you make there, too, because on, on one hand, it's, it's kind of easy to see the trajectory of programs, and I think that objectively, while I still think Eastern Washington is good, they are not what they were under Bo Baldwin. Under Bo Baldwin, they made the final four or five times in eight years. They won the national championship in 2010. They were knocking on the door of several other, if not for a couple really heartbreaking losses in the semifinals of the playoffs. Uh, they would have been, I think, the number one contender to knock off North Dakota State. They did not get that opportunity in any of their playoff runs. They actually did knock off North Dakota State in 2010. Last time the Bison won, or I guess lost a playoff game to anybody other than James Madison. Since Bo Baldwin left, though, the complexion of the entire Big Sky Conference has changed. If you had the best quarterback in the league from, I mean, let's call it what it is. You had the best quarterback in the league from 1980 through uh, 2010, pretty much. You had a really good shot of being a playoff contender and, and probably the inside track at winning the league from the six Eastern Washington quarterbacks that won player of the year in the league to you know, guys like Dave Dickinson, 
Craig Oaks from Montana to guys like Travis Soule, Denarius McGee, Dakota Prukop at Montana State. The list goes on, but if you had a great quarterback, you had a chance in the Big Sky Conference. I'm not saying that the quarterback's not still important, but the complexion of the league has certainly changed. Best quarterback does not directly equal success. Look at some of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. Barry was one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. Eastern Washington missed. We're talking 2019 now, so we're referring to the most recent season. But Eric Barry used to miss the playoffs. Jake Merritt, UC Davis, they missed the playoffs as well. Montana State had no quarterback to speak of. They made it to the Final Four. Montana had a great quarterback, but he was a shell of himself by the end of the year because Dalton Z was just so banged up with an ankle, a shoulder, everything in between. But that, that's that, that's an anomaly because, I mean, Snead was really good. So that, that's outside of, of the example. I give it Weber State. No quarterback, really, to speak of as well. Yet some of the best quarterbacks not having that much success. Davis Alexander. Davis Alexander of Portland State. Exactly. So you wonder if the formula – I don't know if Eastern can recapture the formula. The other thing that's so worth noting is that the, run, the, the quarterbacks at Eastern Washington always got the headlines, justifiably so. Multiple guys that won the Peyton, the Walter Payton Award. Uh, Eric Meyer, Bo Levi Mitchell – Vernon Adams and Gage, Gage Gruber were both finalists. Cooper Cup won it as a receiver. The most undertold story of Eastern Washington's great run under Bo Baldwin was everybody said, well, they're not that good on defense. They were exceptionally good on defense for the style of offense that you're playing. When you're trying to score 45 a game, you're going to give up yards and points. The other team's just going to have the ball way more often. Oftentimes, they're going to be in comeback mode, so they're going to be throwing it a lot more often. But the two areas where I think Eastern Washington's talent has actually dipped a little bit, it's not at quarterback or receiver, although they don't have Cooper Cup or Kendrick Bourne out there at receiver. But they still have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They still have a bunch of receivers that can play at most Big Sky schools. It's the, the offensive line is good, but not outstanding, and it always was outstanding. Multiple NFL guys on the offensive line, in fact, guys like Michael Roos and Clay DeBoard and Aaron Neary and you know Jake Rogers, multiple year starters that were NFL draft picks. I don't see an NFL draft pick on their offensive line right now. And the other part is they always had a really good edge rusher. That's proof in the fact that they had guys like uh, Greg Peach, who won the Buck Buchanan Award one year. Guys like Samson Ebucom, who just signed a great, a huge contract with the San Francisco 49ers, so good for Samson. He's been on this show before. He's a, a great guy, great story, and super cool for him to get a chance with the San Francisco 49ers. We should have one of the best fronts of the entire league next year, especially with him. But then they also always had great safeties. You know, Guys like Matt Johnson, who was a fourth-round draft pick. Guys like... Um, you know, most recently, Mitch Fedig. You know, they've always had all league caliber guys on the back end too, and they always played this defensive style under Jeff Schmetting, mostly when he was the defensive coordinator, where it was a bend but don't, don't break defense. You just want to make sacks on on third downs, or you want to get interceptions. They always were among the league and nation national leaders in turnover margin. Well, Jeff Schmetting, his career speaks for itself. He's went from Eastern to Boise State, now he's at Auburn. So I think that there's been. Uh, Maybe a little bit of a dip in their coaches because a lot of those coaches after that run of the national championship game left. Uh, I think they had five assistants leave that offseason, uh, a lot of whom went to the FBS ranks. I mean, Bodie Reed, the offensive coordinator, he moved up. He went to Oklahoma State. Schmetting went to Boise State. Now he's at Auburn. So uh, there's a whole bunch of factors here, but I do think that, you know, I, I think that Eastern still has talent to be good, but how do they recapture that elite level? And most of the factors that were involved when Baldwin was there seem to be missing now uh, as Aaron Best gets in, into sort of the heart of his career. I think that's a good point about up front, right? Because that's exactly. where Eastern was able to, to hang their hat a little bit. And I, just from my perspective, and again, it's a one-game sample size, but without Eric Berrier... They would have certainly lost that game. I mean, that's kind of an obvious statement on Saturday, but it goes to show you, Coulter, kind of to highlight your point that those complimentary pieces that you normally could count on aren't quite up to standard there. And you you mentioned the moving pieces with the coaches. I mean, they lost three coaches a week, two weeks before they started playing spring ball. I mean, that has to rock the boat just a little bit. So it is interesting to me, and I think maybe it's by default or anything else, but Eastern Washington's kind of the team under the biggest spotlight in the Big Sky Conference this year because we're expecting Weber State to do Weber State things. Everyone else, I think it's more exploratory. Even a UC Davis, who took Weber State to the brink, by the way, for those that didn't follow, UC Davis was beating Weber State 10 to nothing at halftime in Ogden on Saturday. Weber ended up winning a, a weird score, 18-13 to 13 in that. But Jay Hill's dream come through. Oh, gosh, he loved it. The field goals, defense, special teams, you name it, Weber State got it done. 
But for all the other teams, UC Davis, Idaho, Cal Poly, Southern Utah, down the line, there aren't expectations. For Eastern Washington, they have them. So they're the team that's going to be under the microscope for the next three weeks. And if they go 4-2, and two, that means one more game they lose. It's going to kind of be sounding the alarms a little bit because my question that I'm going to pose to you, and it's fair or unfair, we, we've said a lot with the Big Sky Conference that nine of the or 11 of the 13 teams are going to have a new quarterback sure. under center. If you took Eric Berry off that team, where are they at in the league? Where would you put him? I mean, I, bottom, bottom half, third for sure. bottom third, yeah. for sure. So th- that to when Berrier's gone, how does Eastern reload? I, because it's not in basketball kind of a situation where, okay, well, once Saeed Pritchett goes, we're going to kind of retool our team. When Eric Berrier is gone on the football field for Eastern Washington, how do you replace that production? Are your other pieces in place? Because as of right now on the surface, I'd say eh, maybe not. It could get really interesting for the Eagles. Well, the other untold story about Eastern Washington, you listen to Nuanez now at 102.90 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, with me, Coulter Nuanez, breaking down Big Sky Conference football. We're going to get in the Grizz here in just like half a minute. But the other thing that is worth noting is, I've heard this from people around the state of Montana a lot, from Bobcat and Grizzly fans prevalently. Well, Eastern Washington can take a lot of guys that a lot of schools can't take. They have lesser admission standards. Well, first of all, I'm not going to bore you with all of the details of it, but there is a couple different factors that go into it. One, the state schools in Washington, they have an ability to, to have what's called Pell Grants as well as uh, tuition waivers for minority students at a higher level than almost anywhere else in the Big State Conference. That's a state thing, not an Eastern Washington thing. So they do have the ability to recruit and subsidize guys that aren't on full-ride athletic scholarships by giving them Pell Grants, especially if they're minority students. To me, that's a good thing. That's a, that enriches the, the vibrance of your campus culture, especially in a place that maybe lacks some diversity otherwise, like Cheney, Washington. They also have this thing called Prop 48, where you can have a partial qualifier out of high school who can then get eligible while in, at the college level. That's how they got guys like Taiwan Jones, who was the 2010 Big Sky Conference MVP. But for every Taiwan Jones and Vernon Adams and Rodney Stuckey, that's a basketball reference, but I know. But for every one of those guys, it also the most the undertold part of Eastern Washington is they utilize the in-state walk-on element better than any schools in the league besides the Montana schools. But oh, by the way, in Montana, you're getting raw big farm kids from Huntley Project and Dillon who you have to develop in Eastern Washington, you might just get guys with chips on their shoulders who got under-recruited because they're from inner-city schools in Tacoma, but those dudes can play. And that's where Eastern Washington has made so much money is on the partial scholarship or the walk-on guys that are from big metropolitan areas that play at city schools that aren't necessarily football schools. It's it's important that you highlighted that because, again, that is the narrative around, well, Eastern can just take everybody. Well, it's... It's more. It's multi-layered, right? It's more than just that at the surface. And they've always had phenomenal skill talents. And, and even the guys that we saw on Saturday, they, they are always going to have that skill talent. And it's just a depth issue right now. And also just trying to compete at the big sky. But that's very important that you... Explain that, because I think that's a big misnomer out there about Eastern, and I do think it's great from a diversity standpoint what they're able to do with the, the quality that they can bring in. About 10 minutes away, Raleigh Wooster, Missoula Hellgate product, and uh, Utah State outstanding freshman. His team will be playing in the NCAA tournament. He'll be joining us here on Nuanas now, so keep it right here. We're going to circle back to this conversation probably maybe at the end of the 4 o'clock hour or maybe in the, the uh around the 5.30 mark as well. Because uh, I want to talk a, a little bit more about the Grizz in depth. We we have been kind of going down a tangent on Eastern Washington and Idaho State, but it is fun to be talking about Big Sky Conference football. But spring drills, they started for Montana. I guess we could call it spring camp because uh, here's the way it works. During a normal NCAA calendar, you get 15 spring practices, and I believe you get eight hours a week of time where the coaching staff can be with the players. Now that Montana has two games Central Washington and Portland State on their schedule, they can embark in what would be the, the rules that encompass a fall camp schedule. So they get 29 practices, and I believe they get 20, maybe even 22 hours a week with the guys. It's a, it's it's more than twice as it's a it's about twice as many practices and more than twice as many uh, amount of time you can be spending in meetings and weight room and stuff like that. So this is great for the development of the Grizz. This got underway uh, last week, so we will hit the ground running. Riley's going to check out practice tomorrow, so we'll circle back around with him on some of his impressions on Friday when we're live from Indianapolis. But just a couple quick things that I'm uh, interested in watching 
To me, obviously, all eyes are going to be on the quarterback with the quarterback battle. We're getting to that maybe a little bit later on in the show. The transfers, Montana State brought in a bunch of transfers, including, I think, 10 guys from the Division One ranks. How are they fitting in? That'll be interesting as well. But to me, the thing I'm most interested in watching is a combination of two things. One, some of the guys that have switched positions, guys like Garrett Graves, who's now full-time playing defense. He's played a lot of offense, but I've always thought his ideal position would be at safety or linebacker. That's where the Eureka product is now playing. Guys like Levi Janicaro, who was an outstanding player here in Missoula at Missoula Big Sky, he's now officially playing defense full-time at linebacker as well. Cole Grossman, an incredibly talented kid out of the Portland area who's now officially playing tight end. That, to me, is the name to watch. Cole Grossman tied in for Montana. I think that can be an absolute game changer from the moment that he steps on the field. He was injured in the Oregon game last year and kind of, I mean, just got forgotten about a little bit. But this guy, immense talent, 6'4". I mean, he's bulked up even more. He fits the tight end mold. That, to me... Under the radar, big-time position change. Watch out for Cole Gross. I mean, he was a receiver in high school. He got a bunch of FBS offers. Then his first, then he gray-shirted, and then his first spring ball, he was playing outside linebacker, and he was running with the ones. And I was thinking, wow, this guy's a long-rangey guy. If he could figure it out, he might start. And then they ended up red-shirting him last year. And so now he has been in the program for two-plus years to develop, and now he's back to being a tight end. But I think he could be like one of these new hybrid wing flex-type tight ends that could really be an intriguing uh, addition to Montana's offense. Especially with the multiple, right? How, how much they want to go multiple with the tight end sets. I think that's the biggest X factor with Tim Rosenbaum. What they like doing is the personnel. Well, Cole Grossman fits a lot of those categories. Coulter, he's been in the program. This is his fourth year in the program already, right? and oh. he has four years to play. He committed in 2018 as a gray shirt. Right. Red shirt year, then got injured, and now he gets the free year. I mean, we're talking. Right, because I forgot about the free year. This guy could be 25, 20. I don't know what his age actually is right now. But, yes, he could be in the program seven years. So, you want to talk about development, and this guy's already been through a lot. But the fact that he has four years still of eligibility, again, watch out. Cole Grossman, a name. I I couldn't let you pass through that list even more without me at least talking about it because he's someone that I've got my eye on. I know that people that are loyal listeners of this show probably are tired of hearing me say this, but I can't emphasize enough how stupid it was that Montana didn't have tight ends and how good it is that Montana has tight ends back. At this level of football in this state, you're going to be able to recruit elite tight ends so much better than almost any other position. It was ridiculous that they didn't have tight ends. I'm not trying to sit here and make this into a bash Bob Stitt radio show, but good Lord, you have to have tight ends at Montana. You just have to. You have to. You're going to get... They the, were H-backs, you, Come on. They gonna, were H-backs. You're, you're going to get the, the 6'5", 240-pound body type as prospects for Montana, just in spades. And regionally, too, from Idaho, Oregon. And those guys are so good to recruit because maybe you find out they're a little twitchy. You put their hand in the dirt. Maybe you find out they have the ability to get pretty big. Okay, now they're a really athletic offensive tackle. Maybe they're like Cole Grossman, who's just long and lean, and he's not the 250-pound guy. He's more like the 230-pound guy. But now you have a unique mismatch you can split out in the slot. I just think that Montana, they, they have actually made a lot of money with their three tight end sets in the last couple years. And now, with Matt Rensvold, who's a guy I'm going to have my eye on as well, returning to the fold. He's up to, the roster says he's up to 253 pounds. If that's the truth, that's amazing. Matt Rensvold is a basketball body when he first came into Montana, about 220. If he's put on 30, 35 pounds, that's a, a huge weapon. You talk about uh, which Deming, I always remember, uh, forget which Deming twin plays offense. Braden plays yeah. offense. Bingo. And Bryson plays defense. No, it's the other way around. Other way around. Bryson Sorry. plays tight end yes, and Braden plays D tackle. You yes. got it. So, I mean, Bryson Deming. It's been 15 months. I mean, right. Bryson Deming. Uh, <laughs> A uh, great inline tight end. Um, I thought Joey Elwell had a great year as a fullback slash H back type tight end guy as well. And they preserved his red shirt too. So I mean, that, played that's him a in big, limited yep, games. Exactly. Yep. So all those guys, I think, I, they have a real chance to make Montana's offense so diverse because Bobby Hawk's still going to want to run the ball. You can have so many different looks when you have that many tight ends on the field, but also you can have now this spread element as well, where you might have. Elwell on the field as a, a motion type H back, Grossman on the field as a, a basically a, a slot tight end, and Deming or or, or and Rensvold. Rensvold right and or even all four of them if you really want the creativity abounds uh, for Tim Rosebaugh. It should be fun to watch to see how they puts all those guys in a position to well, succeed. Think about it. That, that leads me to my next point. These coaches 
the, we've talked about with all the experience, they've had 15 months to put together packages and plays. I have a weird feeling that I don't know if they're going to pull them out in April, but you know Brent Pease and Tim Rosenbaugh have been cooking up some weird combos. So when you say four tight ends out on the field at the same time, multiple motion shifting before the line of scrimmage is set, I think we we could see a little bit of everything here, and whether they pull that out in the spring to mess with everyone to put it on film or wait till the fall, it'll be fun to watch. But that's a big factor in all this. It's been 15, 16 months for these coaches just sitting, coming up with plays. Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Statewide, SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanez, here in studio. We're going to circle back around. I have a bunch of other Grizz that I'm going to have my eye on during this spring session. Some young guys, some transfers, some incoming freshmen, all of the above. But we got to get out. Got a big guest coming up, Raleigh Wooster, former Gatorade Player of the Year here in the state of Montana, a Missoula Hellgate alum, an outstanding freshman at Utah State. The Aggies are taking on. Who who do the Aggies play, actually? They're Texas, in the, Texas Tech. They're into the NCAA tournament. They're taking on time. Texas Tech. This That's big time. So big this, time defensive slug. Yeah, this will be a great match. But Raleigh Wooster from Missoula Hellgate, he will be joining us here on Nuanez Now right after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Where are you at with Top Gun? You Top Gun guy? Uh, you know me. I love all 80s music. I love 70s, <laughs> 80s movies. I'm all in for it. I my, absolutely love it. My next door neighbor, one of the great friends of my life, shout out Jared Spiker if you're listening, the biggest Top Gun fan I have ever met. We watched that thing when he was quote unquote babysitting us, which was just like us hanging out because he was just a couple years older. It was us hanging out and, and ordering pizza while the parents went out to dinner or whatever. We watched that thing so many times. I can't even tell you how many times I watched Top When's Gun. When's the sequel coming out? It's coming it's out coming soon. It's coming out soon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the way of the Hollywood movie industry for sure. Listening in to Nuanez Now, your one stop shop for all things 1980s movies. But even, <laughs> yeah, we also talk a little sports around here as well. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me. Coulter Nuanas. We do this every Monday through Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. And now we're happy to welcome in a good friend of the show, a guy who joined us a bunch during his outstanding career as a Missoula Hellgate Knight and now an outstanding freshman basketball player for the Utah State Aggies. They take on Texas Tech in the first round of the NCAA tournament. It's Raleigh Wooster. Raleigh, thanks so much for joining us, my man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate you for having me on. Let's talk about Utah State in general now, because we haven't caught up with you in a while. I know we had you as part of our Senior Spotlight series of interviews last year, and it's kind of focused around Hellgate and the season that you guys had, the, the great run you had, and then sort of the disappointing ending, not getting to close out the deal. But here nor there, no, no need to rehash the past. Let's talk about the here and now. You're Now you're almost complete with your first year at Utah State. What's the college experience been like for you? What do you think of Logan? What's it been like playing your first year of college basketball? Yeah, uh, Logan's been great. You know, obviously it's a little different uh, with COVID. You can't go uh, as many places or meet as many people because you're trying to stay away. But, uh, no, it's been fun, uh, fun town to live in, you know. Uh, me and my team and roommates, we all get along and go out to eat and stuff. And then uh, basketball-wise, it's been great. Obviously, I've been having a lot of success this year and hope to keep that going now. Um, and then I'd say the biggest thing that's cool, though, is uh, we actually got to have some fans. And everywhere else in our conference, we didn't. But uh, it was only like 1,500, but it still got loud. So it was cool to have that support. Talking with Raleigh Wooster, nine points, four assists, four rebounds per game. Started 24 games as a freshman, Raleigh. And obviously, you were a big piece to the puzzle here as Utah State goes to the NCAA tournament. My question to you is, did you expect to have this kind of role coming in? Or when did you maybe know that, 
okay, I might have a starting role here and I can play with the likes of a, a Kata down low and be able to pass the ball around to all the talent you guys have. So, Raleigh, did you expect to have the kind of role you did or, or when did it kind of shift for you when you knew you were going to be on the floor a lot? Yeah, um, for as far as stats or like how I'm playing, I just go out and uh, do my thing and that just kind of happens on its own. But um, for like the starting and being able to play right away, uh, for me, personally, I expected it just because I felt I was ready um, through all the like, off-season work with my uh, dad, you know, teammates, uh, coaches, and everyone who's helped me out. But um, I don't know. I, I think I was ready, and I was prepared for the moment, and I uh, just got the opportunity. Transitioning to the college game, playing in the Mountain West, which is one of the best leagues in the Western United States, what was the biggest transition? What was maybe the most surprising part about playing at the highest level of college basketball? Yeah, I, I think the biggest transition is just the size and the speed. You know, the game's a lot faster paced. Um, and we got a great team. So in practice, especially in the summer before season, you kind of start getting used to that. And then uh, we have a lot of good big guys too, especially um, Kate, obviously. I mean, he's one of the best bigs in the country. And I just think getting used to that size and length, you know, learning how to play um, with guys that big out there makes a huge difference. Uh, and I'd say that was the biggest thing for sure. 91 assists already in your freshman season. Raleigh, we talk about it a lot when it comes to the national stage with college basketball, life on the bubble, and you guys were certainly on the bubble the last couple of weeks, not knowing if you're going to get in or not, make a run all the way to the Mountain West Championship game. What was it like maybe from a stress perspective or just within the the inner circle of your team the last couple of weeks, knowing that you weren't sure 100% if you guys were going to be in, if you were going to be out, and what was Selection Sunday like as you guys were waiting to see your name call? Yeah, I would say the most stressful part was definitely Selection Sunday because uh, that's kind of out of, out of our control at that point. Um, and especially for me, obviously never doing that before, just sitting there waiting. Uh, I was sweating, you know, your stomach's tight and you're nervous, but... Um, before that, you know, when we can go play, uh, we knew we had a chance, uh, a really good chance, actually, if we made a run in the tournament. Um, and obviously we did that, and it didn't come out our way in the end. But um, definitely Selection Sunday was the most nervous point. But it was a relief to see our name pop up on the screen, and uh, we were all super excited, so that was awesome. Raleigh Worcester joining us. He's a Missoula Hellgate alum, a Missoula native, and a freshman for the Utah State Aggies. They're a number 11 seed headed into the big dance to play number 6, Texas Tech, in the South region. That game, 11.45 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on Friday. If you need a place to watch the game, NCAA Tournament is on at the Silver Sliver. They have 55 TVs for you to watch them on. Plus, they have great specials like 18-piece wings with a pitcher of beer for just 25 bucks during the tournament. As always, the Silver Sliver has great drink specials every single day. 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and Tarantino's Pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team, or any team for that matter, including the Utah State Aggies. Again, 11.45 a.m. on Friday against Texas Tech. And Raleigh, I want to ask you about one of your teammates, Alfonso Anderson. He's a guy that I got to know a little bit during his time when he was getting recruited to the University of Montana. Then he came to Montana just for a minute and then ended up going to North Idaho College and then ended up back at Utah State. But he did spend some time in Missoula. So do you guys ever trade Missoula stories? Are you guys able to connect on the fact that this is your hometown and and he spent some time here in the Garden City? Uh, Yeah, especially when I uh, first moved to Logan because we're roommates actually. Uh, me, him, and Marco Anthony on my team. But uh, oh, wow. just when I first got there, you know, it was like common ground to get to know each other, uh, talk about some things. And I actually, like, I didn't know until he told me that he was at Montana for a little bit. But then looking back, I remember. But, uh, yeah, we, we shared a couple of stories together. Uh, Raleigh, what has it been like being in the bubble? I mean, being around Grizz basketball for me this year, it was, it was certainly tough, and I couldn't imagine being a player this year. But I, I guess just a two-part question. Number one, what are some of the main sacrifices that uh, you've noticed throughout the last couple of months? And number two, what's it been like since you've been to since you've been in Indianapolis the last couple of days or whenever you guys got there to get into NCAA protocols? Yeah, I'd say just uh, during the regular season, last couple months, um, I think the biggest thing, you always make sure you have your mask on around people um, and try and keep your distance. And then um, I think just not going out, like to eat as much as you can and stuff like that. Because the biggest deal is just to stay away from people you don't know. 
Um, and the college experience is kind of getting to know people, I'd say, is a big part of it. So that was kind of different. Um, you kind of just go do your stuff with the team, and then you're all online anyway, so you're just spending a lot more time in your room or, uh, in my case, my apartment, but um, just to try and be safe so we can play because that's what we love to do most. And then I'd say for uh, the tournament here, uh, we're all isolated in our rooms for the first, day or two we got here so that was the biggest thing just because you want to test and uh, hope the results come back negative and then you just kind of sit in your room and wait for a day or two which can get boring but um besides that it's not too bad you just got to make sure you wear your mask and just be smart and try and stay away from other teams and people Raleigh Wooster joining us Missoula Hellgate alum Utah State Aggie I want to ask you about Coach Smith. What's it been like playing for Craig Smith? He's definitely one of the up-and-coming coaches in college basketball. He's done a great job both at South Dakota and now building that thing at Utah State as well, taking over some momentum from uh, former Grizz head coach Stu Morrill, who was one of the architects of Utah State's initial rise to national prominence. What's it been like playing for Coach Smith? What do you like about his coaching style? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, really fun experience, and he's a player's coach. You know, He cares about us a lot. Um, and he values our opinion too. So he'll ask us questions or how we feel about things. Um, and so you can kind of get a perspective and have your input involved as well. Um, and then he just lets us play, you know, we, we get to go out there and, um, he recruited us for how we play too. So he just wants you to go be a player, um, and just use your instincts, which is really fun. The opponent up now is Texas Tech. And from a national perspective, uh, of course, we saw them in the national championship game a couple of years ago. When I saw this matchup, Raleigh, the first thing I thought of was defense because both of your, both you guys and Texas Tech hang your hat on the defensive side. So I know you guys are probably just getting into your prep, the scouting, everything in between. But when you saw the matchup in the last couple of days as you guys start getting ready for the Red Raiders, what do you think of Texas Tech? And uh, what do you think of this matchup as you guys will be on the national stage this weekend? Yeah, uh, like you said, we're just starting to get into all that stuff. But um, just from watching them earlier this year, just catching parts of their game, um, they're really athletic. You know, they got a lot of talented players, um, and they do pride themselves on defense. They cause a lot of turnovers. So uh, we just got to be ready, you know, move the ball, take care of it, um, and just play our game honestly. But they're definitely a solid team, and it'll be a fun game. They do. They run that great press that helped them get all the way to the Final Four a couple years ago. And uh <laughs> So you're going to have the ball in your hands quite a bit. How do you mentally prepare yourself to go against that? Because it's going to be a frantic style. Yeah, you know, and uh, we had some experience with that, especially early in the season, our first game versus VCU. Um, teams that like to pressure and deny and get into the ball a lot. Um, I think the biggest thing is to just be mentally ready for it um, and cut meet the ball, you know, our whole team and just be ready. I think that's the biggest thing, not get caught by surprise and just always be ready for them to throw whatever at us. You've had some big-time games this year, Raleigh. i got to ask, is there a highlight? Is there one that stands out, whether it was your first game? or I remember watching you on national TV have nearly a triple-double as a freshman, and Doug Gottlieb was gushing all over you. You had 19 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists against UNLV. I figure that one might be a highlight, but is there a game or two that sticks out to you? And I know that it's about the team success and everything in between, Raleigh, but is there maybe a game or two that uh, you're going to remember that's going to stand out above the rest here in your freshman year? Yeah, um, I mean, that game statistically was obviously a great game for me. Uh, and it was fun, too, because we just came off a loss versus them a couple days before. Um, so to not get swept and to come out and play the way we did uh, was really cool. And then I'd say probably my first game, just because uh, all the butterflies I had, you know, it was the first college game, and then the first shot I hit was a pretty good moment. Um <laughs> But uh, besides that, I don't know if I have a specific. Um, yeah, I mean, the conference tournament was really fun, too, all those games. Uh, and, yeah, probably the UNLV one, then probably my first game, I'd say, were some of the just coolest memories so far. We got another one upcoming. And uh, I know that every kid growing up playing basketball that has Division One aspirations probably the number one dream is playing in the NCAA tournament. So have you gotten a chance to really – absorb this and, and realize that, hey, you guys are going to be playing in the big dance here on Friday. Yeah, and I think uh, having the opportunity, or I guess we didn't really want to, but having to quarantine in our rooms for a day or two uh, 
really made you soak it in because you didn't you had nothing to do and uh it's a cool experience so far obviously and will continue to be uh and that's like you said it's everyone's dream so it's just super cool to be here uh and enjoying the moment but uh we're also here to win so we're ready to go Rally Rooster joining us, Missoula Hellgate alum, a Utah State Aggie. We'll get you out of here on this rally. What is going to be the keys if Utah State is to move on to the second round and beyond in the NCAA tournament this weekend? Uh, I think two things. I think, one, we just got to take care of the ball and have good ball movement as a team. And then I just think play our game. Uh, every game we've gone out, we just play our way. Uh, we always find a way to win, and I think that's our best bet. Well, Riley, I know it's a busy week for you. We really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk to all the fine sports fans around your hometown. I can tell you, I speak on behalf of all Missoulians and all Montanans. Everybody's incredibly proud of you. Keep representing the Treasure State like you have been, man. And best of luck on Friday. We'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, thank you. Again, appreciate you having me on. Raleigh Wooster, Missoula Hellgate alum, Utah State Aggie. How cool is that? It's super cool, man. I mean, I, it, it's uh, there's been a lot of really great basketball players that come out of Montana, and there's been guys that have – I think there's been a, a lot of underrated guys that didn't get the chance to go D1 that could have gone D1. There's been a lot of guys that have gone D1. They've had good careers, uh, particularly for the Montana schools and the Big Sky Conference. And uh, it's been few and far between, though, especially in the modern era where guys that are true Division One talents have gone – elsewhere besides Montana, Montana State. So, first of all, to take the risk to do that is big time, but it's also just worth noting, I mean, Utah State has one of the great basketball traditions over the last 30 years of any school in the Western United States, period. I mean, they have one of the great home court advantages when they can pack that place, one of the best student sections in all of college basketball. I mean, the spectrum is amazing, man. I mean, to me, Everybody knows about Cameron Indoor. Everybody knows about Polly Pavilion. Everybody knows about, you know, at Fog Allen Fieldhouse and and some of the most vaunted venues in college basketball. But to me, the three most underrated venues in the West right now are Grand Canyon, which oh. I still can't believe that that's even a real thing, that this this non-existent former Division II school now gets 10,000 students. And they won the WAC, by the way. But they, they won the WAC. The tournament. They're amazing. Grand Canyon, what a story. It's really too bad that, that Dan Marley had, what, I think three, maybe four 21 seasons. Then he has one down here. When they were first tournament eligible, they don't get in. Uh, and then, and then they get fired. But great job by Bryce Drew to keep it rolling there. It's a that is a a a, a sleeping giant. But here nor there, the other two really underrated uh, venues in the West are the Pit at New Mexico and the Spectrum in Logan, Utah. And uh, for a Missoula, Montana kid to be representing in the Mountain West, and not just on the roster, but to be a big time contributor, I mean, he was runner up for Mountain West freshman. If of the he year. didn't get hurt, we didn't want to harp on the injury with him. But after that game against UNLV, he was in a boot and he missed or was very limited the next couple of weeks. But besides that injury, that, he's the freshman of the year in one of the best conferences in the country, Raleigh Wooster. I mean, averaging double figures, scoring. Coulter, when you watch him play, he does not play like a freshman. He does not. He's a grown man. Oh, my gosh. It is so much fun. And the he said it, though. He said, I, yeah. I knew that I was going to be ready. And, and you mentioned his dad. I mean, shout out to Scott. I know Scott yeah. listens to the show, but Scott has worked with Rowley so much, and it's why he has such a developed game. But we talked about Chris Redpath, our uh, Big State Conference women's basketball insider. We talk about this all the time. The missing element in today's game is guys that are just gym rats, guys that just want to go out and play. They know how to play at any level, in any run. A lot of times, all this structure, all this AAU and club ball, and then they get in Division One. it's all this practice. And I mean, I get it. I get what the formula is. But Raleigh Wooster, you could throw him in a game anywhere in the United States of America, and he's, he can hang because he has that natural, art-of-the-beautiful game ability. It's confidence, not arrogance. And you can yes. see it by the way he plays. I mean, to, he seamlessly works together with... And I've been following Utah State the last couple of years. This is why that it's so fun to watch. He seamlessly has moved into a rotation of a top 25 program, really, in Utah State. For sure. As a freshman point guard. And he really should have been freshman of the year in the Mountain West Conference. It has been so much fun to watch him um, and uh, to seamlessly move in there as a freshman. His future is incredibly bright and this is unreal to have the tournament experience but I will say this, you could tell by his keys he is going to be tested mightily because Chris Beard over at Texas Tech what's he see? Okay, they got a freshman point guard we need to put pressure on him. So Raleigh Wooster 
for better or for worse, is going to be in the spotlight on Friday. And Grizz fans or any fans just around the entire state, watch Raleigh Wooster because uh, he'll be talked about as for good reason. He deserves it. It's been really fun to watch him play. Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Riley Corcoran joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on 1029. Maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television. We appreciate you no matter which way you are consuming the show. Thanks so much to Raleigh Wooster. If you missed the interview, you can check it out on the podcast. Podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Got a bunch of free stuff for you. Taglieri, fine art, and a bracket challenge. Back on Nuanas Now, right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're having a great afternoon into your evening. And thanks so much for joining us here on Nuanez Now. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, riding with me, Coulter Nuanez. We do this each and every weekday. Riley joins us on Mondays and Tuesdays. We will also be together for a long weekend. We're heading out Thursday. No Nuanez Now on Thursday. But we will have uh, some great national analysis of the upcoming NCAA tournament. We will be on a bird on our way to Indianapolis, Indiana. The, uh, what do they say? The, the crossroads of the country. This is like the yep. heart. This is like the heartland, right? I've never been to India. Have you ever been to India? I have never been to India, but I am so excited to see just the... They say this is the hotbed for college basketball. I mean, if, sure. if they're going to pull this NCAA tournament off, it's pretty incredible to think that every game is going to be played within a one-hour radius. I mean, that... It's hard to believe we're going to be right in the middle of it, bringing all the action to this great state. We might have to swing by Bloomington. I got my resume ready. I might have to drop one off. Archie Miller parting ways with Indiana. I might have to go apply. You know, I thought I, you were saying if they needed a broadcaster. No, 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 I coached. I coached. Uh, I was assistant coach on a seventh grade AAU team once upon a time. Well, sources tell me that the uh, the finalists are you and Rick Pitino That's right great. now for okay. that. So okay. you got a good shot. Oh, maybe Brad Stevens might be in the mix yeah, too. He might. Is Rick Pitino really going to get the Indiana job? He won't get it, but you know his name's going to be floated Man, out there. If they beat Rick Alabama Patino. in the two fifteen game, he might oh, get it. Oh, buddy, Iona, amazing, amazing how many paths lead to Iona. Didn't uh, didn't um, uh, um, oh, oh my gosh, how am I forgetting? Jim Valvano didn't his career start yes, at Iona, Iona once upon a time? Yep. Wow, I believe Pat Kennedy who rose to prominence at Florida State and uh, then, of course, was infamous in Missoula at the uh, as the head coach of the Grizz for two short and unsuccessful years. I think he was at Iona once upon a time, too. Iona's got some weird Where connections. It? It's in upstate New York. Oh, that's or why. Or maybe not okay. upstate New York, but it's... Somewhere in New York. It's in New York. That's why. It, yes. It's a place where you can get... If you get one or two good players from the metro area, Boom. you can be successful. It's the fifth different team Patino has led to the NCAA tournament. It's amazing. So what do you got? You got Providence... You got Louisville, uh, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Iona. Iona. Oh, who's who's, they got to have one more, right? You just keep rambling okay. and I'll look at it. Okay. Well, regardless, Riley and I will be off the air t- Thursday. We'll be coming to you live from Indianapolis Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. We just heard from Raleigh Wooster from the Utah State Aggies, a Missoula uh, Hellgate alum. We'll be checking out the Utah State game. Boston U. Uh, Boston U, of course. Uh, we're also going to be hitting up the Florida State game, I believe, to uh, check out Raekwon Evans, a Billings native who's playing for the Florida State Seminoles. I think Florida State's got a chance to make a run. And speaking of runs, we have our bracket challenge now available. You can go find all the links on all of our social media, either at 1029 ESPN on Twitter or Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula. I'm going to get the link up onto our station website here momentarily. That's 1029ESPN.com. Or you can just go to ESPN.com, the national site, go to the Tournament Challenge, and just search ESPN Missoula Challenge. There will be uh, Riley's going to fill out a bracket. 
I'm going to fill out a bracket. We obviously can't win. You can win big, though. We got $400 cash courtesy of Paradise Falls, the presenting sponsor of the Bracket Challenge, along with gift cards from Paradise Falls, the Desperado, Taglieri, uh, and a variety of other great sponsors uh, that will be involved in this, including the Iron Grizz, as well as, as well as Dobie's Teriyaki as well. So please be sure to go sign up for the Bracket Challenge. Just search ESPN Missoula Challenge on your tournament challenge. Speaking of free stuff and speaking of Taglieri, Taglieri's got the best sandwiches in the entire city of Missoula, and we got 25 bucks for Taglieri right now. It is Taglieri Tuesday presented by Taglieri Delicatessen here in Missoula. It's located right there on the corner of Beckwith and Higgins, right next to the roundabout in the mall right there, right next to Grizzly Grocery. Go check out Taglieri Delicatessen today. If you need, if you're watching the tournament, they have all sorts that you can do to-go orders. Get yourself some to-go sandwiches. They can cut them up into you know little bite-sized sandwiches for you. They do cheese plates. They got wine. They have all sorts of stuff. So if you're throwing a party or you know maybe you're having a little small gathering, social distancing, all the good stuff, give Tagliari a call. But right now, you want to give us a call because we got $25 gift card to Tagliari Delicatessen, the best sandwiches in the entire city of Missoula. Number three caller, number three. 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. Give us a call right now for your chance to win $25 gift card from Taglieri Delicatessen, the best sandwiches in the entire city of Missoula. One last thing, if you're watching on the TV, you can see our beautiful, custom, one-of-a-kind Grizz Greats painting. If you're not watching on TV, this is an awesome painting that is set at the base of Mount Sentinel. It includes Main Hall, the old school Grizz logo, the goalpost from Huntington, West Virginia, from the game where the Grizz took down Marshall 22 to 20 to win the 1995 Division I AA National Championship. And it includes three of the heroes of that team from left to right quarterback Dave Dickinson, head coach Don Reed, and kicker Andy Larson, who made the Never to forget, unforgettable kick to lift Montana to that 22-20 win over Marshall. The more I look at the picture, the more I find cool things in it. It has so many original elements. It's such an awesome piece of art. And it's something that every single Grizz fan needs in their lives. You want to purchase a print or a poster or a t-shirt or a hoodie with this great artwork on it. All you have to do is go to rbagley3.com. You can find it. At all of our on all of our websites as well as all our social media outlets, all that sort of stuff. So please go check out this custom piece of art. It's a great gift for any Grizz fan in your life. But we're going to be giving this away, and here's what we're going to do. This contest is not going to officially start till next week, but I'm pumping it up a little bit right now. But from the last week of March through April 17th, when the Grizz play uh, Portland State in their final spring game, we are going to be accepting essays. These don't have to be long. Just give me like 150 to 250 words. Just yeah, hold on. There's a lot of people out there, Coulter. Now, we're in the business where 150, sure. 200 words, that, that registers. Tell me how many lines. People, just, people just out there want to know how many just, lines. Just give me like 10 to 15 sentences about your greatest Grizz football or Big Sky Conference or Montana, in the state of Montana, whatever. Your best football memories. We want we want maybe your best memory of the 95 Grizz, or maybe your best memory of Dave Dickinson, or maybe you're a Bobcat person, but you're interested in this piece of Grizz art, whatever. High school football fan, give us, it just has to be about football in the state of Montana. Just give us your best pros. I'm not going to be sitting there counting each and every word by hand, but I just want, you know, give me give me a couple paragraphs. For example, when I read my sports centers, that's about 250 words. That's, that's a good number. So just give us, you know, a couple, couple three, four paragraphs of your greatest football memories in Montana. You can uh, email those to us at Coulter at MissoulaBroadcasting.com or you can submit them via message on our Facebook or we'll set up a woofoo form here next week as well. So that, that contest doesn't start till next week, but start thinking about it. Essays about your greatest football memories, your chance to win this one-of-a-kind print framed by frame of mind, painted by former Grizz wide receiver Ryan Bagley. This is a more than $600 value, folks. This is one of the most valuable things we've ever given away on this show. So you're going to want to enter, start thinking about your essay entries. Well, it feels like Professor Nuanez is giving everyone homework, Let's but go. here's the difference, right? This homework assignment, you actually get something at the end rather than just a, a normal paper that you had to do. So yes, a mini homework assignment, but a fitting one for a pretty darn good grand prize here uh, to my left.
It's a, it's an awesome piece of art. It's I'm telling sweet. you, it is really sweet. So go check it out. If you have, if you're listening on the radio, you can't see it. Go check it out on Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula. We have uh, a piece of art. Uh, we have a, a version of this posted on there. If you're watching on TV, you can obviously see it. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. Greg Horton. He is the new uh, player personnel consultant for the Missoula Paddleheads, and he has a rich history in the game of baseball, including leading Cal State Fullerton to the College World Series title about 15 years ago. We'll hear from Greg here on the other side. And, of course, we also have our Treasure State Stars like we do each and every Tuesday. And we'll also talk a little bit more about Grizz football as well. Listen to Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 